The scripture reading is on page 1227 in the Pew Bibles, and it's from 1 John, chapter 4, starting at verse 7. God's love and ours. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among, among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the, God has, the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Thanks be to God. Brian, let's take a moment to pray for Sharon before she comes to preach. Father, I pray that you right now would give uh, Sharon really a clear mind, um, that you'd help her to, to communicate clearly, to connect but I pray as well that you would um, stir in her, I pray that the kind of fire in her bones would, would show in what she shares. I pray that you'd be at work um, in this place by your spirit, doing what only you can do. And so we, we come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. He knows I babble, <laughs> praying for me to be coherent and heard well. So before I start, I want to say a big thank you to you, my church family, for all their support after I managed to break my ankle in three places. Amazing, amazing love, practical support and prayer, even if I have, even if I have put on pounds of weight with the croissants, the donuts and the cake, as well as the tasty, nutritious meals. You visited me, cheered me up, encouraged me every step of the way, and I felt very loved. You are a special lot a generous, giving, sharing family. Thank you. And now I've flattered you so much, it doesn't matter what I say now, does it? You'll all love it. But it's about family today. It's about church family. 
And no matter how good we are, we can get better. Uh, my actual title is Finding Family in the World of Isolation. So let's look at some facts and figures. I don't want to bore you, but they are pretty desperate. The 2017 Good Childhoods Report found that children and young people's happiness was at its lowest since 2010, and that was before the pandemic. And the 2018 report showed that family relationships make the biggest difference to children's well-being. Not school, not grandparents, but the family relationships. The UK has the fourth highest rate of family breakdown, and it costs the UK 48 billion. Two million children live in debt. Well, their family lives in debt. And one in five children are exposed to domestic abuse, and 2.4 million adults experience domestic abuse. That ended in the year March 2022. CAM's survey of 2015 said that family relationships problems are the biggest single presenting issue cause, sorry, of mental health difficulties. It's not great, is it? And all of us are experiencing or have experienced some of that, I'm sure, in our families. When I was teaching in an urban priority area, the children used to compete over lunch over who had the most dads. Well, I've got two dads. Well, I've got three dads. Children who don't get parented well, don't parent well. No good role models, the cycle of communication problems, lack of boundaries, and an ability to care for others repeats and repeats. The I couldn't say this before. The Economist last week said that the lonely today are not just sadder, they are unhealthier and they die younger. Supposedly, as adults, we have never been better connected with each other. And in some ways, social media is good. But in many ways, we've never been more disconnected. Separation, bereavement, broken families, globalization, poverty and war are all things that affect our lives negatively. We all have suffered, no people who've suffered. So what possible thing can we do about this in little old Coombe Down? Well, God made family. Family to support each other, not family to kind of disintegrate, but it is one of the major building blocks of society. In fact, I'd called family the major building block of society. If it's good, then society grows well. If it's bad, society implodes. God created these building blocks. If you look at the stories in the Old Testament, many of them are based around family, starting off with Adam and Eve, Noah and his family, Abraham and his unusual family setup, Jacob, and I could go on and on. Family units were created by God for relationship, to prevent the loneliness, to grow into individuals who support their community, grow a society that flourishes. But I'm not talking about a family of, you know, mum, dad, 2.4 children, or 2.1 children as it is now. The definition has changed immensely. And nowadays they call it a married, silver-partnered silver or cohabiting children, couple, sorry, with or without children, or a lone parent with at least one child who all live at the same address. Children can be dependent or non-dependent, which means they can live with you for years, so get ready. Um, I'd extend this to say families, whoever you share blood ties with. But they are precious. Family is precious. So precious to the Lord. But it is difficult. As I've said, there are so many complications with that nowadays. As we know, even the royal family can't get it right, can they? EastEnders, awful family lives. 
Um, and most of those families I mentioned in the Old Testament displayed terrible parenting skills. Favoritism, Abraham favored Isaac, Isaac favored Jacob, and it just went on and on. And it's hard. The princess, Princess Catherine of Wales has got it right. She knows that if we put the input into those early years, naught to five, we'll get it right later on. Because of our experiences, good and bad, in childhood, we are affected in our lives. Parenting guilt is another thing that comes up in families. If only I'd, if only I'd, if only I'd. God wants to deal with that guilt. He wants to heal our wounds from childhood. There are chances of prayer ministry afterwards for those kind of things, so don't hold back. But in the Christian world, there are other families too. The New Testament constantly refers to the family believers and the family of God. When these work well, then it helps the church, the church of God, to flourish. There are places where we can bring our problems, learn together, have fun, worship together, support each other in prayer, grow together. We are God's children adopted into his family. We're adopted by the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We are the children of God. Whether you like it or not, you're all brothers and sisters. Now, breaking my ankle really showed, showed me what our family believers, our home group support is like. So you've got the church family and you've got home group families. We just left the summit of the fell we were climbing and happily walking along down the little path when I slipped on the tiny patch of mud. Heard a crack, fell down, obviously bad. We wondered what to do. Does any of you know how to get hold of mountain rescue? No, we didn't know either. So <laughs> we tried 999, which worked. They do put you through to that or Coast Guard. Um, now, who do you think we contacted second? Well, it wasn't our nuclear immediate family. We immediately texted our home group. Now, I'm not sure why we did that, but I think I knew because they would support in prayer so well. Now, our own family would too. Maybe I didn't want to worry them. But I went for our home group family first. They were the ones we texted and got them praying. And we still waited a couple of hours and it was cold and it was wet. It was windy and it was horrid. But never at any time did I panic or worry that we were in danger, which I'm sure is down to their prayers. And when we eventually got back home to Bath, two days later, there were two huge boxes of meals waiting to go in the freezer. We felt so loved. Which brings me to my next point. God is love. The passage you've had for today. You can go on parenting courses, marriage courses, all kinds of things. But the fuel, the thing that keeps nuclear families, church family, home group families going is love. And that's what this passage tells us all about. The most amazing love in the world. That gracious, compassionate, slow to anger love that we all need in order to function well. The passage starts and ends with the same message. A call to love. Verse 1. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And verse 21, at the end, he's given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Now this kind of love, the type of love mentioned is particularly for your brothers and sisters in Christ. But we'll get on to loving others in a little minute. Um, this love is from God because God is love. 
God is love. God is love. I had heard that since I was naught, and I could rattle it off from probably the age of two. But it was only when I was at university staring out of my window at the playing fields, randomly, that I realized that God equals love and love equals God. They are the same thing. It's not just that his very nature is to love, is that his nature is love. Love is embedded right in him. It's just like you may have brown eyes, but you can't change them to blue. God can't not love. This passage is full of it. Sacrificial love in giving us his son, verses eight and 10. Love that gives us eternal life, verse nine. Complete perfect love in verse 12. Love that gives us life, verse 13. Love that drives out fear, verse 18. It's a love that doesn't, doesn't judge. He's never going to tell you you're not good enough like some of our parents did. He loves unconditionally. And it's this love that enables you to love your brothers and sisters. God is love. Live in love. Love one another. We are to love one another, even our neighbours as ourselves. Even our church family neighbours in our pew, the ones we get a tiny bit irritated with, the ones we avoid just that tiny little bit when we leave church. Yes, it's those ones, obviously, I've never done that. But if we love God, we are to show that same love to each other. Um, And when others outside the church see us love each other, then they are affected. My hairdresser in Coombe Down has so many Christians who go to her. So many. And she has noticed the difference. I haven't got her into church apart from Caroline's funeral, but she knows and she can see. So do pray for her one day. So when they see outside the church how much we love each other, then they get the idea. How do we share that love within our church family better than we do now? Well, you're doing quite well, but you can do better. A little boy was talking to his daddy one day and he said, Dad, where were you born? He said, well, I was born in Ethiopia. He said, well, where was mummy born? He said, well, she was born in Huddersfield. He said, well, where was I born? He said, you were born in Bath. He said, well, where was my sister born? He said, she was born in Timsbury. The little boy broke out into a huge grin and he said, Dad, isn't it great that God got us all together? (laughs) We need to get together. Hebrews 25 says, never get out of the habit of meeting together. If possible, make Saturdays your day for family and Sundays your day to see church family. Make home group a priority. The more we see each other, the more we'll get to know each other. The more we understand each other, the better we can pray for each other. When we say we'll pray on WhatsApp, praying hands, pray. I was pulled up for this. I realized I wasn't. I was putting the pray, little prayer emoji, but I actually wasn't praying. So when you do it, do it. We need to come to women's breakfast, men's events, even if our mates aren't going. We need to support parents of children and teenagers in our church. Which family can you commit to pray for? Being a parent is the hardest job an adult ever has to do. And we, as a church, must support, care for, and love our parents as much as we can. Another one, let's be vulnerable with one another. That's a big one for us who are perfectly capable, thank you very much, of sorting out our own lives and our own troubles. We need to be ready to open up with our struggles. Because when we do that, 
Others feel okay to tell us about theirs. So many answers to prayer, which you might hear about if we get to manage to look at the prayer warrior Zoom. There's been so many answers to prayer, looking after those who are sick, those in need, sharing our resources. Peter's teaching one, Peter says, practice hospitality. So many of you are doing that for Hospitality Sunday, on the Sunday, the 5th of March, that about 50 of you can go out for lunch on Sunday, the 5th of March, so grab me at the back. When you welcome people into your home, you don't have to give them a big lunch on other days, this is, you do on the 5th of March, but <laughs> you can just do drinks, you can do coffee, you can do afternoon tea or a dessert. Invite people in, that's a good way to connect. Romans 12 says, our church family has to outdo each other in showing love to others. So I have a bit of a competition. I have to love more than Jan does. I have to love others more than Sue does. I have to show that love to others. So God is love. Live in love. Love one another. How do we show love to those outside the church? By all the things I've just said. But you have to be, we have to be radical. Being nice to our neighbour is just not enough. There are some lovely people in Coombe Down. There are lovely people at your school. There are lovely people at the nursery where you chat outside. There are lovely people at work. They are so lovely in Coombe Down. They're just as nice as you are. We've got to go for it. We've got to push beyond our comfort zones to do new things. We have to be invitational. Invite people to Alpha. You can't invite them if you don't know them. So you need to be out there in Coombe Down getting to know people, including them in things, including yourself in what they're doing. The big welcome in June, we've got a Sunday to welcome people to. We need the presence of God wherever we are, whatever we're doing in every relationship. When you're out there, you, we have to be friendlier, kinder, more caring, more giving, more generous, less judgmental, less gossipy, more hospital, more sacrificial, in fact, in every single way. Every time we step beyond where we'd rather be, what we'd rather do, into what might embarrass or negatively impact us as we share God's love, we answer this call. Every time we step beyond where we'd rather be or what we'd rather do, into what might embarrass or negatively impact us in order to share God's love, we answer this call. We take up the challenge of loving radically. In order to mend this broken world, the broken families, we need to share God's love. We need to be bold. Don't fear. Share yourself. Do love. Do love radically. But do it individually. I don't want any big church initiatives setting up. I want you as an individual. We want, I want me as an individual to love those around me, around you, with revolutionary love. Simples, you might say. Simples. It's not, is it? It's hard, because we're obsessed with ourselves. We can't do it on our own, but we can with the Holy Spirit living in us. We need the presence of God. Verse 13. We know we live in him and he in us, because he's given us his spirit. It's only his spirit within us that enables, to enables us to live in the love of God and share that love in action with others. God is love, live in love, one and love one another. And so to finish, Ephesians 3 says, and I pray that you, you, 
being rooted and established in love which you are, may have the power together with all God's people in your church family here in Coondale to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ we were singing about so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God is love. Live in love. Love one another. We all need to be filled to the full with the Lord's Spirit in order to love radically. And out of your comfort zone, come and be prayed for during communion. Some of you may feel you need healing for things from the past. Those things in childhood that have affected you, you keep on needing the healing that needs to come. You think you've got over it and it turns up again. So don't be shy, don't be worried that you're coming up again for prayer for the same thing. We need to be full of God's spirit in order to love well. We need to be healed by the Lord in order to be used. Well, actually, that's not true. You can be used even if you're not fully healed. Finally, my experience of prayer ministry, I told you about last time I used to hide behind a pillar. Well, I was reminded by the Lord about when I then got used to coming out for prayer, I used to cry like a baby. Every single time I came up, I would get about as far as the step and I was crying. And I got fed up with that. So I went up for prayer and I said, I want you to pray that I don't cry every time I come for prayer ministry. So the very wise woman said, so she started praying and then she said, what do you want to say when you're crying? And what I wanted to say was, mummy. Because when I was three, I was left in the hospital. Visiting hours were half an hour a day. I was left in the hospital for two weeks to have a heart operation. I had no idea why. I had no idea that hurt was there. But I was crying because I was coming to my father. And this is what was hurting me. God longs to bring inner healing. I didn't cry after that, by the way except when the Holy Spirit touched me. God longs to bring inner healing. So come for prayer. Pray with somebody you know. Bring it to your home group. Do not hold back.